brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I keep going. <laughs> Welcome to Knowing Is Half the Podcast. I'm Race to Canis. You are clearly not, <laughs> but it was close. <laughs> hey, everybody! This is a show. <laughs> Look, I was peeking, so you know that I'm, I'm, I'm actually Ray. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. We are wrapping up the Orbtacular with a very special episode of Wing Commander. This is Orbtacular part four. Yes, you might be confused because the Mortal Kombat episode is actually part three, but we put it first. Even though I fought against it, I was outruled two to one, and they said, nope, put episode three first. It won't screw anybody up, and everybody is screwed up. This is knowing is half the podcast. And I am a salty race to Canis. Oh, John Fogarty is from Creedence Clearwater Revival. That's why you should both know who he is. Okay, well, Gina's bringing onto the show a (laughs) pre-match conversation. A pre-match conversation. Chan and I do not know. We may as well be fighting at this point, Chan. Ray Uh, (laughs) does not know the difference between the podcast he's on anymore. At some point, he's going to refer to Gina as Marshall, and the circle will be complete. (laughs) (laughs) It's all true. (laughs) <laughs> Why fight it? Uh, there was a, a me and Gina and Robert Clark Chan, the other person you just heard speak. Who, <laughs> you'll believe it or not, is I'm, not me. I'm Ray. God damn it! How do we get off the rails? Five seconds into the show, because we started on the rails oh, on yeah, the hobo good... rails, <laughs> hobo <laughs> bean. Okay, listen. <laughs> After the credits end, you're going to want to stick around because we have a very special Robert Clark Chan inspired improvisation <laughs> about a hobo eating beans that, you know, Chan, don't spoil it. I'm just saying everyone's going to want to hear that. Did I record that? I don't even remember. I think you oh, did. I don't. I think we I do not think we did. I think we just got the very tail end of the hobo conversation. You know what? That's plenty enough for anybody. It'll leave them wanting more. All you, all you <laughs> need to know is there was talk of hobos. And meal kits, you know, like Hobo is half the podcast. Who boy, this that's is where we are, a, folks. Yeah, this episode. <laughs> but but we're all excited because it's the end of the blorbtacular. It's the yeah. orbtacular, Gina. Yeah. Not the I, I like the blorb. I mean, I mean I'm looking. I'm looking at the names that you all inputted into the Zencaster here, and it says Blorbtacular, so I have to assume that that Thank is correct. You. Thank you. Well, this is Wing Commander Academy, uh, and honestly, I-, I thought this was a pretty good piece of television. Did not hate it. I thought it. I thought they had dealing with some interesting themes and a lot of stuff ah. I was not expecting from a video game property imported into an animated show, just like three of the four parts of Orbtacular come to life. 
I am going to say, I think this was my least favorite of the four. Whoa. That makes total sense. <laughs> I can back it up, too. I can not back enough, it up. Not enough Warrior King don't, booty. Don't back that up, Gina. No, I'm going to yeah. back it up. Oh, <laughs> you boy. get ready for it. Oh, boy. No, there was, here's the thing. Like, it, okay. I mean, we'll get there. Starting <laughs> out, we? it was strong. Will we, though? It, first of all, it's the only cartoon I hadn't heard of, didn't know, had yeah. no, like, like had no idea. I vaguely remember the video game, the arcade game that it's based sure. on. I don't think it was an arcade. I think it was a PC game because I was terrible Wait, really? at it. Yeah, they it was, made it a was... really shitty. Was it movie with Matthew Lillard? They made a movie about it too. Oh, did they? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wait, Matthew Lillard or Dak Shepard? Because I cannot tell the difference between those two. They're people. the same. Understandable, guy. but I'm okay. pretty sure. It, I'll look it up real quick while Gina tells the story of Wing Commander. No, no. I mean, I was going to say like it wasn't. It wasn't bad, but I, I was kind of disappointed, and and it might just be because I don't remember the other ones that well. <laughs> But I think it was I think it was my least favorite of all of them. But it started out on a strong, strong note because I thought this theme song fucking rocked. Okay, theme song's um, a banger. I made a note of this. Mm, and real quick, we're oh, gonna hear it in a second. Chan disagrees. Wing uh, Commander movie, nineteen ninety nine, starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard, a four point three on IMDB. Why are you why sure they're they not confusing that with Scooby Doo? <laughs> It's also would, a Scooby-Doo movie. Why would they wait until 1999 to make a movie about a thing that barely even peaked in the 80s? Like, there's not like there was a ton of Wing what? Commander nostalgia out uh, there. Wing Commander, wait a minute. Wing Commander came out in the early 90s, not yeah. the 1980s, as Gina claims. And they were <laughs> making Wing Commander games all the way up till 1995. Oh, they made one in 97. They're probably still making them 2007. today, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they were really at their peak in the mid 90s thus the tv show and then three years later because movies take a long time to make they drop the movie so this, this holds up this holds up but Dumb. let's talk about this theme song i want to hear this theme song chan because this is a straight up banger wait i think chan is saying it's not a banger. well he's though. incorrect he is I mean, not here right is my note for uh th- that i wrote down in my notes for the song there's no words that's it. That's my only note. Yeah, but not every song needs words, Chad. I've already forgotten it. I don't, right. I don't even know what I hit. I, I, I was, was rocking out. I was rocking dancing. out to it. Mm, yeah, no. I was very, I was very Wait, okay I think they're frigging animals as leaders or something like that. That's an, No, I, I want words to my theme songs. Tell me what the F is going on here. There's a whole bunch of aliens. There's a massive galactic conflict. And you're just going to leave me here with some friggin' guitar riffs. I get what's going on here. He's mad there was not a Russian men's choir singing. <laughs> Wing Commander. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would have liked that better. Thank but, you. Would have been good. Would have been good. Like, this, this, like, if this had been the instrumental part of of words like that's a banger this instrumental yeah. part is a banger if Absolutely. this were the score of a movie i would be all over it it's not it's a theme song and theme songs have have things they have responsibilities that need to be taken care of that sounded really well, um, graphic for some reason i'm not sure <laughs> very upsetting chan i don't know i don't know either well we start off here and they're flying through space because this is a space uh combat show 
game. And there's a ship and there's a tractor beam holding the ship and our good guys say, let's shoot it. And one crazy thing here is in the world of Wing Commander, you got the humans and you got the Kilrathi. And the Kilrathi are like tiger people. They're like cat. They're like cat people. They're giant kitty cat people who also fly, you know, uh, these sort of, you know, X-Wing TIE fighter, you know, not exactly like that, but essentially that size of ships and they fly around and shoot each other because that's the jam. And what really I found interesting is a lot of the themes that they were busting out right away where first off, the humans are very racist against the cat people. First thing yeah. they yeah. Yeah. With, first thing out of their mouths is like a racial racial slur. Calls them a furball, which I yeah. assume is, yeah. Furball at six o'clock. Nope. I mean, that's not, not okay. That. Could have yeah, said bogeys. I, I will say, I will say like, so I liked a theme song and then right away we get fucking awesome ass Malcolm McDowell, who I love. Sure. So yeah. I was expecting to love this, but- here we identify Gina problem number one. Everyone is an asshole in this show, and I don't like it. Uh, like the humans are all are all jerks. The the cats are also supposed to be like the evil ones. Even even the you know even the uh, what's his butt. The king, warrior king, yeah, warrior king, warrior king. He's like he's you know kind of a dick, kind of a dick in this also. So I'm just like pissed off at everyone. Everyone's so like reactive to everything in this. Like it's just like like someone drops a plate and they like pull their guns out and so or like you know there's like some weird thing in space. They're like let's fucking shoot it, let's shoot it, yeah. And it's like I can't. I don't know who the hell I'm supposed to be rooting for in this. I want them all to die. Well, it I does, mean, it does I put Gina uh, at a weird point because do I root for the humans or the adorable kitties? You know, it really that's rough. That's rough. For I Gina. mean, there's no problem for me. I root for the adorable kitties who are also <laughs> Thank Klingons. Thank you. Like I, that was the vibe that I was getting was that like they, you know, like uh, they're kind of they're warlike. Sure. But like uh, they have honor, like they Except weren't going to break any uh, yeah. um, uh, truces until the fucking humans were all. Pulling yeah. guns and stuff. Except they're they're they clearly want the orb for for evil deeds. Like if it was as simple as a th- like you know, I would have been totally on board if it was one of those things of you know like oh shit, are we the bad guys here? But like it wasn't that. It wasn't it wasn't self aware. It was just sort of like a like yeah, we're fucking we're the Earthmen and we're like we're the dope ones. Doesn't matter if we're assholes. And also problem number two comes again right off the bat. Malcolm McDowell starts talking and I settle into his sweet, soothing tones. And then what felt like three hours later when he's done pooping out exposition, I awaken from my coma to say, what the hell just happened? There's so much exposition in this cartoon and it's all yes. delivered by the soothing voice of Malcolm McDowell, which is does it's not okay. do much to keep me awake while watching no, a cartoon. <laughs> It's wonderful. Now, okay, so we well we have you know the humans, and then you know they 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 discover this vessel that's floating out in space and is being tractor beamed along by the Kilrathi. One cool thing that happens is they get into a little bit of a dogfight with these cats, and one of the characters she is it was her name Archer. There's Archer, Payback, and Maniac. Those are the three pilots, and the lady pilot she doesn't want to kill the Kilrathi. Like she has to, she holds back the kill shot as long as possible being like, there's got to be another way until they was about to kill her friend maniac. So she pulls the trigger and blows him away and feels really bad about it. 
And I'm like, we've already hit two themes in the first like 30 seconds of this cartoon. One of the space racism and two of the, you know, feeling bad and conflicting uh, opinions about being a soldier in war. And I was just like, this is going places. I quite frankly, was not going to give it credit for. Let's see what happens. I'm going to tell you what, before we even like get to the end of it uh, and say that I feel like uh, I wanted to like this. Um, like I didn't want to like it at the beginning. And then they just started going places I was not expecting. Yeah. And the only thing that disappointed me was it felt like they had an hour and a half of story that they had to cram into 22 minutes. So there was stuff that like didn't make it in, but I felt, I felt the edges of it there. And, you know, like probably if we watched the entire series, there would be a lot more of it. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Especially with yeah. this whole, uh, when we actually get into the crossover part of it, it feels like, they're trying to cram in the last bits of the like nothing happened the first three episodes and then the last episode's like oh right we have a whole bunch of like character development to do uh that we didn't get to and so let's put it all in here right now yeah i i i agree because i also think like like throughout this episode the the wing commander the they like start all of the fights in this like, yes I don't they do know if you guys realize this but like that was one of the things that i was like what the hell is happening like, am I supposed to be? And again, like, I would get it if it was a an adult, like, Starship Troopers movie where mm -hmm. the moral of it is, oh, you think that they're the heroes, but really they're not. But it, in a kid's cartoon, it it felt like, like, I, I wasn't clear if they, again, I wasn't clear if they were doing it, if they were starting all the fights and they expected kids to be like, this is fucking awesome that the heroes are starting all the fights. I mean, I think the fact that that character doesn't want to kill, uh, I, I would bet that the, the, uh, the series sort of delves into the idea that like the Kilrathi aren't like monsters. I and think that you're some... giving it too much credit. I think you're giving it too much credit. I, I don't think, think it... you are. I don't think you are. I think you're giving it the proper equal amount of credit. No, <laughs> like here's the thing. Like, like you can do, you can do subtlety and nuance in cartoons. If you're doing it in like a, in, in a way that is clear, but to me, this was not clear. So so if it was, if, if like, let's say I watch this entire cartoon and the arc of season one is that they realize that they're, they're the monsters all along, like two thumbs up. Then I fucking love this cartoon, but I have a feeling that they think that it's cool. Like, especially knowing the era that it was like, I think that they think like, oh, we're extreme. Like, let's get those guys. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, I think that that's what it was. That being Where said. I you yeah. just did talk about the era and starship troopers is in this era robocop is in this era mm -hmm. there was a lot of uh, uh reconsideration of the reagan years during this time and yeah it's unlikely that it trickled down to uh kids cartoons but as we've seen from from uh mortal kombat street fighter uh uh savage dragon uh they were pitching it a little bit higher I think this was for like early teens where you get just a little bit of nuance. So, I don't, I, but the thing is like, I don't, again, like all of those things that you named made it clear what they were doing. Like, it's very clear if you watch RoboCop and Starship Troopers and all of those that like, okay, to be fair, when Starship Troopers came out, most people didn't get it was a satire okay, and i was yeah, like 
the but only you're guy. You're talking about like neckbeard. You're talking about like neckbeard weirdos who like live in the South and are like, yeah, fucking kill those bugs. I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would let me let me just say, I I honestly. Uh, believe that one of the things they were going for is that we all knew that the cat people, the Kilrathi, were going to uh, double cross everybody. They were not going to be there in good faith. They were not going to be, you know, keeping their word on anything. So when the humans were suspicious of them and starting all those fights, to me, it read more like, we know better. We're not going to be tricked by you. And quite frankly, we are at war. So we're going to hit you first before you have the chance to double cross us. A thing we all know you're going to do. Yes, and- that that's what I'm saying. That was my read of it as well. And and I I would have liked it better if it was what Chan put on it because he's Chan. Like I, I like if that if if what Chan is saying was the actual thing. Like Which it we, usually is. If we get to the end and there, and it was clear. But I'm telling you, cartoons don't have like like super, super subtle messages where it like it's this it's this thing. Like this this is just a straight up like, yeah, we're fucking like we're we're in space and we're doing what's right. We know these are the bad guys and we're and we're too smart for them versus like oh crap maybe there's no right sides in a war you know what maybe in the cartoons that you watch gina but mm. in the adult cartoons <laughs> that i watch like family porn, guy porn adult, and uh like, <laughs> and pokemon, hentai pokemon porn <laughs> pokemon, no that shit's live I mean, action that's not yeah. uh, that's not animated how dare you <laughs> I'm good with all the above. You guys want to talk about Pokemon? No. So, <laughs> so okay. So they 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 scare away the Kilrathi ship, and let, let, let's keep the progress going forward. Uh, they do not recognize this 200 year old vessel that the Warrior King is is in cryo freeze in. Uh, we find him though. They 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 cut it out. They say, "Oh, he's in here. Let's seal it back off. Let's give him to the Federation." our bosses because this is obviously above our head this is not what we're here to deal with and i'm like okay that's fine they end up taking it down into the oasis planet which is a planet that's basically like mercury would be in our solar system it's very very close to i believe the twin suns however there is a magical artifact wink wink that's controlling the weather wink wink that's keeping this planet beautiful thus it's called oasis and it's a fairly recent phenomenon Maybe within, I don't know, the last, oh, 200 years, wink, wink, that this orb, uh, oh, I'm sorry, artifact has been keeping everybody and this planet like Dubai and, you know, beautiful. Okay, so let me let me say, yeah, and then there are these like really, really boring sloth people on this planet. Uh, they're they're uh, awful. That, I did not that, like that. Like really want to just yo. In, invade people's personal space and hug them and shit like they that. They were real obnoxious. I don't. I you know what? I don't need to be lectured about what life's about from people who were born rich. Okay, that's all I'm wait, trying to wait. say. I'm that's all I'm trying to say. The, the fact that Ray agreed with me, I'm immediately changing my tune yep. and saying, yep. I'm saying, mm-hmm. if you're on a native people's land and they want to tell you their history and they're feeding you their food, you. Find Fucking listen instead of doing what the wing commander dicks did and like fucking <laughs> talk down to them like they're like look at these fucking savage sloths here god they're so boring with their sloth stories i don't I, even know if they're sloths or what they were but <laughs> no they were sloths i'll go with that uh, i will say that uh um 
I love how I, Gina agrees with me, so she must be wrong. <laughs> no, this, here's the thing. I'm saying I I would find them annoying. They keep repeating their same story and trying to hug people. Old. That was the thing. But... Is like the, the the first time you hear the thing, you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, like they they found oneness and peace and whatever. And then when they cut back to them repeating exactly the same story, it's like, okay, that's. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think like you know what this show does have a little more subtlety to it. And I'm willing to uh, 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 accept that they may they may have some uh, 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 interesting things to say about the world and about war and violence and whatnot like that. But but it also made me dislike the wing commanders even more because as much as I found the slop people like boring and annoying, I would have never shown that. I would be too polite. Like I would have been like, oh my god, this is this story is so interesting. But they're immediately just like, oh wow. god, fuck you guys. Okay, let's let's <laughs> let's kind of break down what Gina's saying here is that if she is nice to you in your face, she's probably talking shit behind your back. I wouldn't say there's any probably about it, Chan. I believe it is a hundred percent guaranteed. Ooh, boy, if I had started that recording earlier. We would have heard all sorts of things that Gene has been saying about people. Mm. Look, if you don't want me to talk shit about you, then don't be annoying. <laughs> no, but wait, here, here is what I here is what what I would like to say, which like actually is sort of winning me over to Chan's argument. Like the I, I get that like Wing Commander takes place in a in a vastly different time period than the first three parts of this. And so they do this clever thing by saying he's been searching for so long that he had to basically put himself in cryo sleep as his ship tracked the orb. Mm -hmm. And there is like there is like dark fucking implications to this. First of all, Chun Li is dead. Oh yes, very much so. Like his one this his one love who in in that one episode you think okay. Like I've I've been spending the first three parts of this assuming he was going to find the orb, take it back to his planet just in time to save it from those flying dragon. Correct. Things. That's exactly like, what they wanted us to believe. And restore it and sort yep. of like then go and and like bring Chun Li on an extended weekend to wine country in his in his land. Okay. Okay. Take her to Pork Town, yes. <laughs> and then like return her to Earth or whatever. But like 200 years has passed. His planet is definitely dead. Oh, it's completely trashed and destroyed. Yes. Like he left right in the middle of a fucking battle that was imminent and he needed to get it back. And well, also, I assume the whole point of the orb was that it would take him right back to that time. Just like, you know, like a, a, a no. time machine. Well, well, no, but no, if you listen to what happens later on, that is false. And 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 the other thing too is that like not only is the war lost because his the guy basically said you need to get that orb or the or the war will be lost. The orb was the only thing keeping his planet alive. So they lost the war and then even if like people survived as like dragon slaves or whatever, the whole land must have died by now, which is basically confirmed. So Chun-Li is dead, his home planet is dead, and he's like being presented as a a pretty stand up guy like he never really he's always giving people a chance he's basically he has a mission but he doesn't want to hurt people unless it's like absolutely necessary or he's defending himself or he's trying to get back his property and this just the fact that like he wakes up after 200 years and everything is gone and he wakes up on a ship full of fucking assholes <laughs> is yep. is 
dark. Like that is dark. Was not expecting the orb tacular to end with a 200 year jump in cryo sleep, but here we are. Now, Warrior King did wake up from this. He attacked the wing commander people. He zaps them. He says, I'm going to take your ship. They keep attacking him anyway. Uh, he recognizes one of their names from like 200 years. And I don't know if that was from the Street Fighter. I don't know where the F he got any of that from, or it really doesn't apply no, the entire screen. rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah I, I don't even know. That was really, really weird. Um, Although I, I I did notice here that uh, I, I think it was uh, for budgetary concerns. Uh, but there's only one person who attacks uh, one person who attacks the warrior king and they just let him do it. They're surrounding him. They've all got weapons. Yeah. Nobody helps him. Yeah. And uh, uh, um, it might it's probably just because, they, you know, they can't afford to have everybody animated jumping in. But also, it seems like the uh, world we exist in now is sort of like you're on your own, pal. Uh, we're yeah. a military. Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to back you up. We're all saving our own asses. They also play with spatial uh, uh, awareness and what have you a bunch because there's one point like one of the other soldier dudes like knocks Warrior King down to the ground and it appears from the way they're shooting it that Warrior King is about six feet away from him and laying down while the other guy's standing above him with a gun. Cut to Warrior King and he says, you know, hey, you're pretty good at fighting. He reaches out, just reaches up slightly and then just yanks the gun out of the guy's hand and I'm like, okay, I've completely lost track of where we are <laughs> Because apparently the Warrior King is now 20 feet tall and can just reach up from a prone position to grab a gun <laughs> easily from a standing guy six feet away. And so there was a lot of weirdness with some of the combat. In uh, my I wouldn't notes, mention it except I, it was just a little bizarre. I also have a thing that says, how far did he jump? Yeah. I don't remember who it was that jumped, but I know that somebody did something <laughs> that was not right. So and, some of the, and we're just playing fast and loose with the uh, physics of this world. That is correct. I'm also going to say that like this, this warrior king, like not only is this show and here's the thing, like the, the, the animation isn't particularly like gritty or dark. Like it's pretty kid nineties kids, cartoon animation, pretty standard nineties. Yeah. But they also make this, this like warrior king in part four of the blorbtacular is a dark damaged person as yeah. he would be if he yep. floated around in space like alone for 200 years and everything he ever loved had died because he, like he you know you could argue that he's sort of he's sort of a dick because he's like hey get get out of my way all right i'm not telling you twice but also like get the fuck out of this dude's way or at least like give him some understanding that he's been floating around for 200 years yeah. and is now on a weird ship. But he spends this episode like pretty, pretty dark. Like he's in a dark ass headspace that he was not in, in the first three parts. Correct. Because he, you know, he re I think deep down he realizes like he's failed. His people are all dead. His planet's been destroyed. And now all he's like, but I still got the mission. I still can get the orb. I can pretend to myself that I can make things right, even though I really can't. Yeah. And it isn't until they basically finally get through to him at the end. But that doesn't put him in any better headspace either. Uh, that's yeah. I, another thing that I like about this is that they sort of let that character be that character and like let him feel that. And, you know, he yeah. sort of gets a, a little nuts at the end. And you're like, yeah, that makes total sense, dude. Because he would. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was way fine with all of that. Now, uh, let's see here. So they talk about this campfire story at Oasis with the slug people. We talked about it or sloth people, whatever you want to say. 
But uh, they say what? And then the, the, the humans are like, whoa, what if this legend is real? It's like, well, no shit. And then we have an interesting bit here about like the philosophy of soldiers. And, and there's some nice, there are some nice conversation happening between mean, the humans that Gina hated. You mean more exposition? I was fine with it though, because they were talking about like what they were thinking and what they were feeling. It wasn't just like, this is what's happening. It's like, this is what's happening internally to me right now. It's, and I found that interesting. But it's I think, not, look, you can, you can give me exposition in a cartoon, but then give me gorgeous backgrounds or something like that. Okay. Give fair. me we're gorgeous not gonna do that. drawing. But the not fact the that it was, it was just like the same, like nineties animation, just like static and I'm listening to two cartoon characters talk and there's not gorgeous backgrounds that I did. I didn't, I didn't care for. I think you're just mad because in this scene, clearly this woman wanted to bone and the dude was like, I, I wanted nothing to do with it. What? Well, look, I got the exact opposite. He was trying to <laughs> what Chan, what uh, my notes say she wants to bone you fool. No, so, no, Chan, mm. you are you are completely incorrect. This dude was hitting on because this dude was basically just like, ma'am, isn't that background? Isn't this night sky really romantic? Don't you think so, lady? Oh. And she's like, yeah, we're here on a mission and I'm not really worried about it. He's like, yeah, but if you if you were interested in boning, wouldn't this be a great place and time to do it? Here's the thing. I remember no one hitting on anyone in this scene. And what? I think I think both of you are terrible at reading signals. Whoa. Now wait a minute. Like, Let's it, like in real life. In oh yes. So that's, life. Question. that's a fact. But we gotta hear the scene now, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you you decide at home who's right. Hell, yeah, it figures paradise would have two moons. No, first of all, she does not want to bone. She does not want to bone. She, her vagina is dry as fuck thinking yeah. about like all of the foibles of mankind. But uh, him I, saying, I, like him saying, uh, you need any help? Yeah, he's trying to bone her. Yeah, I think maybe uh, uh, I think you uh, the script to type he wants to bone you, fool. <laughs> it seems weird that I would type that. I don't know why I type that. You know what? Not even gonna, not even going to defend this one. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the dub. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we get back here. Um, with, uh, ships, the ships of the uh, Kilrathi are now appearing above, but o Oasis is a sanctuary place. You're not allowed to fight there. So this is sort of like the Highlander series where you can't fight in the churches. Oasis is known as a place where you cannot fight each other in this war. Okay. Well, the, the Kilrathi say, oh, we're here for recreation. And the heroes are like, fuck the fuck you are. Uh, uh, get out of here. But then Chan, if you got a sound drop for me, because the space racism continues as they got some really rude things to say about these cat people enemies. Hey, go and hand to Paul with you fur balls is my idea of a good time. That was one of the many things that he said. Um, there's also, he oh, also. no, I, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Chan. Where's he going? Litter box? I mean, <laughs> he dropped a litter box joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, although yeah, I, I like these cat people. I like Lion Man. I... I would want to be on their ship. I bet they have comfortable beds. That is a, that's a euphemism, right? Is that what you're? 
Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm looking back now, and I'm realizing that my note, she wants to bone you, fool, was me telling me, me in the past, telling me in the present that uh, Gina wants to fuck some cat people. Um, oh, yeah. It's really clear now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. You put yourself in cryo sleep. Yep. And, mm-hmm. then, and then woke yourself up at some point and wrote yourself that note. Jen, mm-hmm. I'm super disappointed in you because anybody who's listened to this show for more than five seconds already knows and doesn't need notes that Gina wants to fuck cat people. That is, that should I mean, be known at this point. I just want to cover all my bases, you know. Fair, fair, fair enough, I get it. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. There it is, man, Cobra Island. And in the Phantom, we're invisible to their radar. Nobody be It's an attack! There's nothing on the radar. Cut off the box, you fool! Over the land and deep down below, Cobra's got an eye out, Joe! Control the beaches, but the rolling thunder rules the land. Yo, Joe! Will Cobra Island be Cobra's last stand? Find out in Marvel Comics. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Uh, there is that cool scene because the human guy, to what Gina was saying earlier, the human guy was trying to pick a fight with the cat dude. And the cat dude's like, I don't give a shit about you. I'm here for recreation. And he's just like, let's fight. And and and, and I really liked what the cat guy said here because he says, you know, like, I'd love to I'd love to mix it up with you. And the cat guy says, it's because you've never actually fought a Kilrathi hand to hand before. Right. 
and the human's like, that's right. And then Kilrathi says basically something to the effect of just like, well, <laughs> you're about to find out why that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and then he beats the shit out of him. And I laughed. I laughed uproariously. I love these YouTube videos where the racist guy is like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, crowding and pushing the person on the street. And then that person turns around and one shot knocks them unconscious. I will watch those videos nine, ten times in a row. Yeah, yeah. Giggling and laughing the whole time. That's what I saw here. Even though I'm supposed to not like the cat person, I loved the cat person. Chad, you nailed it when you said they're very similar to Klingons. I think that is very apt. Yeah, I would have been cool with uh, uh, the cat people like just fucking slaughtering all the humans. And in that chaos, uh, the warrior king gets his orb, goes back and fixes his planet. All the humans are dead. It's fine. Warrior king are dead. Uh, But he would have to take all the sloth people with him because I don't want them to (sighs) die. Yeah, I mean, uh, I want them all to die. So, um, <laughs> so Warrior King ends up finally, you know, he grabs a dude and says, take me to the surface of the planet. Obviously, I now know that the artifact is my orb, and I need to get to the surface of the planet to go get the orb, because that is the mission I am on. Take me there. Let's go. I mean, also Klingon. We got Worf right here. I mean, it all holds up. It all plays together. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's a weird, like... there's a frustrating thing, which is realistic, I think, but was frustrating in that, like no one at any point just sits down and talks about anything. Like if if someone was like, Hey man, like what's, what's your deal? Can you just stop and tell us what, what is going on? Why do you need this? And if he had said like, look, my, my earth, like really, like my planet really needs this. It did the same thing it did here where it seeded it and without it, everyone will die. And then if they had said like, okay, but if you take it from here, this planet's going to die. And also isn't your planet already dead? Then he could have been like, ah, crap. All right. I guess you're right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like you're right. But like no one, like, he's just like, I got to get it. And then they're like, no. And he's like, I, okay, but I'm going to get it. And like, no one at any point is like, like at some point they sort of get it out a little bit. Like they're like, yo, if you take it, this planet will also die. And he's sort of like, I don't care. I, my, my priority is my own planet, but it's like all shouted out as they're like yeah. sort of fighting as opposed to just like sitting down and being like, what are you getting, dude? Yeah. But, but that's the think, thing is that yeah. the, uh, these humans have shown that that is exactly what they're like. They just want to shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. And this dude is completely fucked up because he's, you know, hundreds of years and who knows how many light years away from his uh, home planet and like has lost everything. And all he has, the only thing he has left is I got to do this thing that I sacrificed everything for. And so like, you know, like the fact that they eventually do get through to him is a pretty remarkable testament. Uh, well, to his humanity because, uh, uh, you know, like, if he had just been like, I don't give a fuck and yeah, destroyed the whole yeah. planet, you'd be like, yeah, I kind of get that. I guess, like, it, uh, it, this whole episode sort of unsettled me because, again, I don't know who I'm supposed to root for, but I know the one person I've been rooting for is the Warrior King. And, yeah. spoiler alert, he does not win in anything. He he does not win Never. at life or, or anything at the end of this. It's very depressing. right. Uh, uh, so, so like I spend the episode just sort of being like, God, these humans are dicks. 
Oh man, like I, now, well, I guess I'm still rooting for Warrior King. Ah, fuck, he just lost. It's a depressing cartoon. No, it's very much 1970s sci-fi movie type of ending, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. Um, Spoiler is- alert: He gets the orb at the end, and it turns out it was Earth all along. It's crazy, Statue of Liberty, right there. Yeah. Um, no, I think the Warrior King was not in a headspace to listen to anybody when he was still on the ship. I think it actually took him coming down to the surface of the planet taking the orb, seeing how the sun was about to just vaporize absolutely everything overnight. And I think it was that's when it finally kicked in. I think it was all theory to him up to that point. So I think if they would have sat down in the ship, it wouldn't have mattered because until it became real, it wasn't real to him. Oh, I think that here's the thing. I think that this is like a classic example of like, you know, he's he's clinging to something that no longer exists. Absolutely. And and he 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 has no one he has no home his advisor is dead his friends are all dead his love is dead and he he sort of knows all that but he doesn't want to deal with it so the way he's not dealing with it is is staying on mission which is to get this orb and even though even if he gets that orb those things won't be fixed in his mind he's not confronting that at all so when he finally is is like forced to confront okay, like I have the orb, but now the only thing I can do is take it back to my planet and like restore nature, but still everyone is dead. So it will be me alone on a, on a debt, on like a planet. And also I am going to doom this planet. Here's the thing. I, I don't think you're right because I, I think that it will that that orb because there's nothing here that says like uh uh where it says that my people are dead i think that will oh, take him dead. back to the place no. so that he can restore it but no, the problem is uh the world that uh he's on right now will die and so like he can't really make that sacrifice no no he he said he someone says to him at some point a very clear it's been 200 years so yeah. like, isn't, and- isn't your planet dead? And he says, yes, but, but like, I'll, I'll use the orb and like start over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Start over. And it- he, oh, he hold on. Say- hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. The orb is the only chance to restore it. Can it bring back the lives that were lost? No. Yep. But to make the planet whole again, maybe there is a chance. I mean, okay. first off, good line read, but that basically lays out exactly what Gina's saying. Yeah, like everyone. So he, so he's he's basically going to take it back, like bring back trees and shit like that. But he can't. It's still everyone is dead. Gina Correct. hates trees. That is the title <laughs> of this episode. Yes, I'll go Fuck with the that. trees, Gina Polito. But, Fuck but, the trees and the cat people. Not I, in that order. Here's the thing. I actually think it's an easier decision. Like this way, because it, it yes. then it's then it's literally just like, yo, either you kill an entire you kill a bunch of people and you bring back your lakes and trees on your home planet. But then you just live there by yourself or you just let you, you just let these people like go on, go on living. And and so, okay. like, you know, well, like- OK, somebody comes uh, and and ransacks your house. They steal all your shit. You get home. Like everything's gone, like your family's dead, and you're like, oh no. So you go to their house 
and you uh, uh um and they're living high on the hog and they're happy and they're laughing and like they got all sorts of they have all your stuff they sold some of your stuff and now they live in really fancy and like the only thing you can do is uh um like destroy their shit and then take it back and then go back and live in your house but your family's gone would you do that Oh, here's of course the thing. you would. I think I think he's totally. Him. I think he's totally justified. Jesus. And if we're Jesus, and if yeah. we're being real, I think like he like this this decision is going to take him years of therapy to come to terms with. Yeah, like well, seriously, no, I think uh, it's I, I think it's really fucking heavy. But yes. this is this is also again. Like, that's why I thought this was heading towards like when they say like, will it bring back the lives? And he's like, no, I was like, oh, shit. Again, this is dark as shit. And I thought this was all leading to I was like, okay, surely. I mean, he's been searching for it for four episodes. He he loved and lost. Everyone's dead. So surely this is going to end with him realizing that he can stay on this planet and do some good on this planet and help these people guide guide their young planet. To what, be a tour guide and just give that speech over and over again? (laughs) No, like they're, they're clearly a naive people. Like they're they're very naive. They're still in the phase of of no. belief Gina, where they think Gina. that like gods exist. They were born rich, and they think <laughs> that they think that they, you know they were born on third base. They thought they hit a triple, and they have no reason to think otherwise. They were essentially their race was gifted this perfect planet that everybody agrees we can't mess with, and so they're all fabulously wealthy. And they look around at the rest of the universe and they go, "I don't know why these people didn't just choose to be wealthy like we did." No, it's the most no. bullshit philosophy ever. <laughs> and let me say right now, the thing that I think they had to do is they had to make sure the Warrior King knew that all his people were dead because it is it would not be true to the character uh, for him to just walk away otherwise if there was a chance to save his world and the people on it through a time loop or whatever chan is talking about the warrior king would say fuck this planet he would murder everybody on it in a heartbeat and yeah. walk away which is a which is a, a very upsetting ending to this show as much as i hate the people of this planet and their goddamn rich person evangelicalism it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> no no that's what i'm saying i'm saying there are young naive people who don't think- say naive they have affluenza they're I naive the same way I that rich think- kid no. that rich kid hit somebody with his car and then didn't think he should suffer charges oh he's understand- just naive says gina Ippolito. i don't think you understand what naive means they're telling people that like oh like we were it came from the heavens and did this thing like you know and and they genuinely think like oh when you're on our planet everything is peaceful these dudes are like a month away from being conquered is what i'm saying here's hoping and so i was thinking okay so this is like what what's going to happen is he's going to like be forced to mourn what was lost and sort of make amends by helping this young planet the way he like guiding this young planet and helping them to avoid the pitfalls of what happened on his own planet. I I agree with that hundred percent. Like that, that's what I thought it was going to be, which would kind of be like a bittersweet ending. Like at least he has a purpose, but instead he fucking incredible hulks it. He goes off on his own to the sad, incredible Hulk music and is just like, all right, I'm going to like live alone in space or float myself off into space until I run out of gas in space and asphyxiate. Here's the thing. 
The, yeah, the, we don't know that he's going into space. What he does is uh, all of this stuff happens. He takes the orb. Uh, things start going to shit. And he realizes like, OK, uh, I, well, I I can't destroy this world uh, to save my world. I, I'm fighting for life, uh, like all life. Uh, and and he leaves them with uh, take care that you do not forget why you fight, which, again, is why I really think that there's a there's levels to the show uh, and and they're saying something about uh, uh, the futility of war, which I really dig. And then he ganks their sh- their ship and goes flying off into the sunset, not into space. Wait, into the isn't sunset, it, it? He doesn't take think, his own ship. Isn't that his own ship? No, he steals he one of theirs. Uh, yeah, his own ship doesn't I mean, work anymore. That's why I was getting towed. It. He's no, he has one hundred percent. But I think he's just going to go like uh, chill and think about things for a while. I don't think he's left the planet. I think he will eventually oh. go back and help them. Okay, uh, because oh, okay, that's... you are correct. You are correct that because obviously the Kilrathi have figured out. Oh yeah, we can if we take this orb. Who gives a shit about this planet? We're going to take it yeah. uh, to do stuff. And uh, working is definitely going to be like, okay, cool. Let's figure out how to protect this. I'm surprised this that famous cynic Robert Clark Chan is taking this impression because I I was thinking he's basically realized there's no place for him in this world anymore. He has nothing. And he's just going going off. Like that I, that's what I that's what I took it to mean. And I will say that Ray is, for for once in his life, wow, is is right ma- and made a good point. Because as we're talking this out, I realized I didn't dislike this. It just it just felt like a 1970s science fiction movie Very as much. opposed to a 90s kids cartoon. Like there's some heavy shit in here, and I don't think a like I don't think this cartoon. I, I think if it had been made now, you know, like it could have been done masterfully and, and all this and all this stuff. But I don't think a, like one, you know, 21 minute cartoon or however long it was, especially this cartoon. Like, I don't think this was the best way, the the best way to tell this story. But I agree that if it was a 70s movie, I would be like, oh, fuck, you've never seen this movie. This is so good. It's like yeah. really dark and shit like that. But yeah, it's it's just I think maybe a little too dark for the end of the blorbtacular blorbtastic. Well, so you guys skipped over a very important section here, which maybe can bring it back to blorbtasticness, which is uh, there's a giant dog. Please, thank you. Ray, there's a now. giant dog fight that happens because the Kilrathi show up, and then our heroes actually get shot down uh, in their in their planes. And so the Kilrathi are about to like gun everybody down and take the orb. The warrior king, and this is maybe why um, uh, Chan might be more correct here at the end, uh, uh, because the warrior king takes the orb. He's about to walk off with it. He makes a realization. He goes, you know what? I'm going to help the humans because the Kilrathi obviously going to take it. He creates a tornado. He creates a windstorm that destroys the Kilrathi ships on the planet, but also goes up into space. The wind tornado goes up into space and also destroys their mothership that they all arrived on, which maybe is a way to protect the orb because, you know, maybe these Kilrathi were on a special mission because they were on a recon mission to see if it was the orb and figure out what they could do with it. Right. So he actually kills all the Kilrathi in the area, potentially protect the orb, but he does it with wind in space, which is goddamn crazy. And I'm here for it. Um, the other thing 
Oh, the other. Oh no, that was the that was the big thing I just wanted to say right there because we do get a crazy holy shit action moment before Warrior King has to go deeply internal. Because the one thing I want to see at the end of this, and if we were to keep going and the camera like we go on for another two minutes, it cuts to the Warrior King leaving to brood. Like I think you know I agree with that point a hundred percent. And then he's going to come back to the planet to protect the orb. I agree with that as well. And he's going to do it through being a tour guide. And it ends with him uh, sighing, looking in the mirror deeply at himself, and then sticking one of those name badges that says, hello, my name is Warrior King on his <laughs> collared short sleeve shirt and going back to take tours through the canyons. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, this all tracks. Uh... That's how I end it. I, I, this is, this is not in a million years how I expected the blurbtacular. No. Also, <laughs> also, I feel like, I feel like, doesn't someone say, like when he goes off in the end, doesn't someone say something like, oh, where do you think he's going or something like that? Mm -hmm. There was something that yeah, made me think. Says Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, actually, because he's not living in the past. He knows that that's done, and he's now figuring out what the next chapter of his life is going to be. And I'm, I think that's awesome. I think it's a cool message. I think, I think it's, it was fitting, and not at all where I thought this Orb Tacular was going. It's like the Last Jedi of four part Saturday morning cartoons on the USA Network. I here's the thing. I I feel like with how dark this cartoon was. It should have ended with, where does he think he's going? Same place we're all going. Death, Death. sweet embrace. My mm -hmm. God. <laughs> what you didn't see was the Warrior King putting on his finest spacesuit. Putting on the name tag. <laughs> and flying into the sun. I that's mean, what you didn't like, see. Seriously, that's like you're you're telling me that I'm I'm traveling around for 200 years. I almost get a taste of Chun-Li Puss. <laughs> but like, don't. But think. Oh, no, you know he what? Does. I'll, I'll come he back does. for it later. Oh, he he got it. He we got de it. He definitely did. Uh, no, he was gonna come back for it later. He oh, for seconds, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, uh, and then wake up just surrounded by assholes who are yeah. all racist against cat people. Yep. And then the only, like, the only you only encounter three types of people. Like racist humans who just want to fight, uh, cat people who are scheming to try and kill a planet, and sloth men who only repeat the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting on my finest spacesuit at that point. <laughs> this all holds up. No, look, I. To be fair, he was coming directly from the Mortal Kombat universe where people are also assholes, maybe even worse so than the people here. If you're mixing it up with Shao Kahn and that whole crew, I'm just saying, you know, you got Shang Tsung walking around who's evil enough to rock the orb. I mean, you know, I would say the Kilrathi Wing Commander maybe just a step pulled back from that level of evil. So maybe it wasn't so bad just by degrees. Yeah, now that I said it out loud, like if you were to if 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 you were to make a movie of of all four of these, if this was a four-part movie, uh this would be the one that won the Academy Award, I guess. Yep, this is the return <laughs> of the king. Yeah, this this is the one where people are like, "Oh my god, it really had something to say." <laughs> 
That's exactly how they'd say it too. I want, it. I want everybody who's listening to this to go back to the beginning of this episode. I want you to hear what I said and hear these two nincompoops talk about how wrong I was and then go back to this point here and realize that all of them 100% agree with me now. Here's the thing. I maintain that this is not, this is like not a children's, a 90s children's cartoon and, and it explores themes that maybe were not best explored yeah. in a 90s. I, I got bad news for you. This is a 90s children's cartoon. Yeah, yeah. That What I'm saying is I think it would have been better written. I think it could have been better. Like, I, I think wow. overall the darkness and shit like that is very interesting. And if it was a, you know, 2015 Cartoon Network miniseries, for instance, like Over the Garden Wall, I would be all about it. Uh, but- I just want you all to hear Gina saying... Chen was right. I am unwilling to admit that I did not pick up on these things until he explained it to me. And now I am parroting back his words uh, <laughs> with my with, with a couple extra, uh, you know, no, I picked into, up over on the, the garden reason wall I didn't like it was because it was I thought it was too dark and too expositiony and too depressing. She even shit on I, Malcolm McDowell, which is, I mean, I said, I said the second thing after it's banger of a theme song that it has going for it is Malcolm McDowell. But then he does made me fall asleep. Malcolm McDowell made me fall asleep. Look, he's got a soothing British voice. If anyone doesn't listen to Malcolm McDowell's voice before they go to sleep at night, you're a goddamn liar. I'm sorry. What? We listen to uh, <laughs> waves crashing. I listen to rainstorms, but sometimes I listen to the Headspace app because they have sleep stories, and I always choose the British voice. (laughs) I highly Uh, recommend one where you're just walking around an antiques shop, and the British uh, man explains what's in the antique shop. (laughs) Our Google minis are set to Australian female voice, by the way, in case you're curious. You can't fall asleep to women. What? No, they don't. Just when what? you ask for like the weather, they give it in like an oh, Australian. Oh, okay, okay. Voice. On Headspace, they say, "Do you want like a woman's voice? Do you want Peter's voice? Do you want this voice?" And I can't fall asleep to a chick. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they haven't reached out to me uh, for this app at this point. <laughs> oh God! As oh, I do God. have one of the most soothing voices my, in like North America. Well, I feel like okay, <laughs> someday I'm gonna make a cartoon that's set in hell. <laughs> and and it's gonna be like the only sleep app you can get is like Ray's voice. <laughs> I like the idea that I'm the free voice that comes with the app, and you have to pay for all the others. <laughs> but if it's hell, then when you pay, it's still just your voice. I oh no, you've just much, paid, and I'm louder. I, I'm for Gina writing this uh, this hell <laughs> cartoon because Ray and I will have jobs for life. There will That's be true. endless things that would be like, what is the shittiest version of this? Oh, just one of their voices. What what would be the most horrible thing to hear? For, oh, right. Obviously, Ray and Chan saying anything. Let's talk no, about a, hockey. A, a so, any soothing voice would have to be Ray. Anytime someone's looking for someone to give uplifting words of encouragement, it would be Chan. <laughs> yeah, that's Chan. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll be honest. Uh, now I'm just mad I haven't appeared in any of these things yet. This seems like an easy bit to write for. Let's go, chop, chop. Well, I, need, I, need a, I need a job, Dina, is what I'm trying to say. one of our podcast right listeners is the head of a major studio, mm-hmm. buy my show. 
uh, you know what you need to do, Gina, is you need to take more meetings. Uh, <laughs> just a lot more. Just keep banging them out. Just keep talking <laughs> to people. And uh... Look, Based on what we've seen right now, Gina, why are you so lackadaisical when it comes to this current staffing season? This um, is, I'm going to, I'm going to. Why aren't you I'm trying? Gonna, this is why, why are you doing this podcast instead of working on your, on your pitch? This, Come on is, now. Thank this you. is when I fly off in my spaceship and you guys go, where do you think she's going? Where we're all going. <laughs> Away hell. from this show. To hell. <laughs> With Ray's voice going on in the background. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's time to wake up. Uh, no, you're hey, supposed to be everybody. trying to put them to sleep in that. Yeah, but episode. I'm not very good at it. So that's what I say. <laughs> hey, everybody. Is the smooth sounds of Ray Stacanus. I love that Robert Clark Chan's impression of me is just Fat Albert. Like, that truly... How dare I you? Should be, That's my I Louis should, Armstrong. I should be upset, but it's it's so wonderful. I just... I'm Imagine just, yourself floating above your body. Yeah, that's, okay, that is hashtag Fat Albert. You are not nearly deep enough or cancerous enough to be Louis Armstrong. Hey, hey, hey. I'm just putting it out there. Guys, I think we lost the handle on this one. I think we got it back for a while. And yeah, for a little while there. Again. Yeah, I felt like we were actually doing some pretty good work. And then, thank God, that ended. And it went away. I this do, is now, the orbtacular. I, I do actually think that, like, someone could ad- adapt this. Uh, may, like, you know, mainly... Uh, with some tweaks to the others, I think I think the crossovers in the first three would get in the way of a a movie version of this. The but crossovers I, I think, are so much filler. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I think, but I but I would totally like I would totally watch a movie of a of a warrior king trying to save his planet by by finding the magical artifact that like and and chasing it from from world to world until he gets to a world and realizes his own world has been dead for 200 years. There were definitely at least 3 movies made in the 80s with this exact plot. Yeah, I I mean I assume that this is what Dune is. <laughs> How dare you? How I think just with like more sandworms and and, and, <laughs> and breathing apparatuses that turn shit to water and pee and whatever it is. <laughs> turn turn your breath into pee? What are you do you know how breathing or pee works, Gina? All I know is that every time I breathe, I also pee a little. <laughs> Wait, okay. Okay, you, you know, need to see a gynecologist about yeah, that. You need a doctor in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. Um after yeah, my uh my partner had the kid, then that that was a thing. But, <laughs> you you do exercise and you fix that. That's <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's race to Canis. I'm gonna sing a song for you. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's happening anymore, but it's a delight, and I am here for it. That is the Orbtacular. I think those were all our final thoughts on the Orbtacular series. I don't really think we have anything more to add than what we've done so far. I will add that this this four-part Orbtacular made me depressed, and I didn't think when we started this journey, I did not think that was going to be the case. I didn't think it was going to happen. We thought it was just going to be Chun-Li Puss over and over again. Uh, I mean, I thought it was just going to be Mortal Kombat shit over and over, because that's why we watched it in the first place, because we all went to Mortal Kombat Kombat for my birthday. For the record, 
we originally recorded part three of this four part series because yes. we were just uh, I, I stumbled across it on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, we're doing a uh, Mortal Kombat episode. Let's just do that. And then we decided during the course of it that we would do the entire uh, uh, series. I'm so then we, we went back and did one and two. And this and is now part four. four. Yeah. So if you look for it on the feed, part three technically is part one. OK. Um, so, uh, yes, technically, and I have gone back and renamed the episode oh, no, Ortacular Part 3, <laughs> oh, Mortal no. Kombat Resurrection. So at Ugh. least now it's it's fully aware when you just look at the feed, you'll see that it's Part 3, even though we did record it first. Look, we're not very good at this. Did you? <laughs> just, guys, we're going to about start doing Christmas episodes in next month. So let's, what do we do? So... So, yeah, so we, at least we have it in order. Now, this is my question. This is the thing we got to discover. Maybe the people at home can help us. We've got a couple of weeks to figure it out. Are there any other crossover events that happened between episodes of cartoons like the Orb Tacular? Maybe we could tackle another series and actually start with the first one, like oh. uh, people who aren't stupid. Uh, maybe we could do all of that. Uh, uh, we'd have to find it. I just am not aware of any, but I'm that they must have. This cannot be the only time this has happened, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I love I'm the idea that. of doing another one of these four-parters or two-parters yeah. or whatever it is that cross over between series. So people at home, uh, I will say right now, if you're a fan of the show, write to us at uh, 999 RPMs and no one else to yeah. do it totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, write to us at G.I. Joe Podcast on Twitter. Oh, uh, of course. Tag all of us individually, too. And I was there yet, Gina. Tag us all individually as well. And then uh, let us know if you remember any other crossovers. We'll try to look them up, and I would love to do that. That might be a fun thing to do here in Season 5 of Knowing is Half the Podcast. Mm. That's a challenge to you people at home. <laughs> yeah, do our jobs for us. I mean, I'll look too, but I guarantee you guys are probably better at this than I am. And by our jobs, I mean Chan's job. <laughs> Thank how you. Find what? How? Mm. Call it how it is. Thank you. Yeah, you're the you're the only one that finds episodes for us, Chan. It's true. That's only because you know we we say, hey, um, do it, Chan. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you are a stay at home dad that takes care of a kid all day. Thank you. What would you know about it, Chan? <laughs> it's not like you're busy taking care of a human being and making sure they don't die. To be fair, Thank I'm you. not very good at it, so. <laughs> and that's our show, everybody. The Orbtacular is complete. Wing Commander Academy, a decent show, is put in the rearview mirror, and we're going to go back to G.I. Joe Extreme next week. Last time we left us on G.I. Joe Extreme, Claw's Iron Claw's identity has been found out by the Joe team, oh, and it crap. seems like... It's going to affect the story going forward. I'm truthfully very excited about this. I, I I want to be a part of it. So let's let's make this happen. We're gonna we're gonna see what happens next to GI Joe Extreme, and then come back with I don't know something else. I like this on off thing that we've been doing. It's, it's kind of fun. Oh, I'm yeah. excited to see what happens now that uh, Claw has been found out. Yeah, I never thought I would say that, that about anything GI Joe related. <laughs> once we got into. Uh... Once we got past the original Sunbow era. But here we are. Yeah, I want to see what happens next. So cool deal. So everybody at home, you can hit us up on uh, patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You people at home who were in the $20 bracket around Christmas time of last year. I finally got the G.I. Joe glasses out in the oh mail. Oh, my God. So you should be it's Christmas in July, literally. <laughs> so 
You should be receiving those soon. And we're going to start looking at getting uh, another swag off, or we're going to get some season five merch made, Chan. And we're going what? to uh, 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 get some stickers and fridge magnets and stuff made with the season five logo. And we're going to start sending that out to everybody since Chan finally got around to this is me saying that who didn't do the glass <laughs> thing for six months. That's what's really to me hilarious about it. Seven months. Oh, my God. But we're going to get this done, Chan, if you get off your butt. <laughs> and we're going to do that. So knowing us half the podcast or patreon.com slash knowing us half the podcast. Also, you know, a vault with like 450 episodes of this show in it. What the heck? Sounds like fun. I'm also going to start setting up now that I don't have a job for a while. I'm going to try to set up an afternoon, maybe a weekend afternoon. Where we do another find your fate book with the Patreon subscribers. So get ready for that. We should hopefully announce that in the next week or two. And, and we're going to put something together probably pretty quickly. And we want the people at home to make the decisions for the book. We will read it together. And Gina doesn't have to show up for that. Oh, so I think everybody on the show Gina is going to be happy with that. What are you talking about? What? I have to be here? Well, uh, I need an engineer, Chan. <laughs> Damn it. I don't know how to do anything, <laughs> regrettably. Well, you just have to set it in motion and then walk away. That's all you really have to do. And there you go. So you can also hit us up on Twitter, uh, at G.I. Joe Podcast. And individually, I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. At Gina Ippy. Thanks, Chan. And we've done the Orbtacular. Next week, more G.I. Joe Extreme. Until then... Take to the stars and go where we're all going. Forward. Huh? Hmm. <laughs> You know, one thing I do got freedom. <laughs> no, I assure you, if I ever become a hobo, I will be bitching and complaining all on up and down the rails. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure you would. But I, I just like the image of you nearby the rails. There's a there's like a, a little fire in front of you and and you you're sitting with another man. I don't know this man's name. I think it might be Jasper. Yeah, Jasper. that sounds right. And and you're not talking. You just made it through like a whole meal. No one's talking. And then he this says, "This is my kind of meal." He says, "I tell you what, this the this this that was a mighty fine meal." And you you say, "This is all a man needs, Jasper." Hush up, Thelonious. <laughs> Break out the banjo and let's do some strumming. <laughs> God damn it! Please tell me we're recording. Oh, we are. We just started. <laughs> Well, that's going that's going post credits right there. I think we have a win on our hands. <laughs> hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates, most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 